0: Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Today is December the 18th of 2020. What a week it's been. Strong hand, long term, thinking Bitcoin is next, Bitcoin in motion Personal responsibility is the new counterculture. I am offended by selling. Who couldn't be offended by selling this week? Uh, Compete, don't complain. Conviction really paid off this week, didn't it? Hello, my elite friends. Follow me on Twitter, TechBall, T-E-C-H-B-E-L-T. Ask questions. You can do a super chat. The panel will be happy to answer your questions or type in Bitcoin Meister. Uh, Wow. This this is – this was a memorable week, wasn't it? I mean, it was like uh all-time high, twenty thousand dollars. Hello, everyone! Now we've got Andrews is in the house. John and Dennis are in the house. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. As you can tell, all the fiat freaks and people who value their wealth in Bitcoin are quite excited this week. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tease you a little bit. We're not gonna talk about the price right away. Because there was other big news. I mean, if the Coinbase announcement was made on uh, any other week, that would have been huge news on, on, unto itself. Crypto exchange Coinbase is officially going public. Coinbase has filed its IPO paperwork with the SEC, and I think it's uh, I think it's great news. Uh, there's a, a twenty eight million a twenty eight billion dollar IPO uh, valuation. Masari says it might coinbase might be worth 28 billion dollars okay so john what's your thoughts on this uh this coinbase noise news uh to be honest i don't care that
1: much um coinbase coinbase doesn't uh factor into my thinking about this space or buying bitcoin or anything like that i know a lot of people use it i know it's one of you know it's a big exchange lots of uh, liquidity there some of the bigger players are using it to acquire their bitcoin so you know, whatever. But I've I've been a a opponent of their practices for a long time and just how they get down and what they're building and what their focus is and how they communicate and how they operate. So uh, look, I mean, in this environment where there's so much fiat money sloshing around, uh, all money is looking for a home. There's a ton of speculation pretty much in every domain. And it seems like we're at the beginning of a bull run where Lots of people are starting to look toward Bitcoin and crypto, I suppose, more broadly, once again, and perhaps on a larger scale than ever before, uh, you know, definitely on a larger scale than ever before. It makes sense for them to pull the trigger on this now and cash in. And, you know, the thing is, is, you know, what are they going to do with the proceeds? They're probably going to continue doing what they've done in terms of how they've operated. And I. It's partially good for Bitcoin, I guess, because it will be the, the doorway through which a lot of noobs acquire Bitcoin for the first time. Um, and to that extent, once they get in the door and they start learning about it and they consult a lot of the resources in the space and they, they have skin in the game and then they start to uh, engage in Bitcoin differently, then that's great. And to the extent that um, they continue to operate as they have and direct people's attention toward things other than Bitcoin, uh, then it's not great, but it is what it is. It's the market and I don't, uh, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't occupy much of my thinking, even after I heard the announcement. So it is Um, what it is. It's good for the space in terms of valuing other companies in the space, I guess, like I'm hoping that such a huge valuation for Coinbase will mean the Bitcoin only companies that I'm sure a lot of us really appreciate and like, it means that their relative value may go up in the minds of people that are valuing businesses now in this space. So that's good.
0: Yeah, there. I, I was going to ask you to take a few steps back and look at the bigger the bigger picture. Also, I mean, this is going to be the first major uh, American IPO related to Bitcoin. So there's going to be big, big coverage of this. I, I think it, it'll add, not that we need the seal of legitimacy from traditional finance, financial markets, but it will add uh, an aura of legitimacy that previously may have not uh, been there. Uh, Do do you have thoughts on on that on the bigger picture like it's it's the first IPO?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of eyeballs will come to the space. You know, a lot of new money will come to the space. It'll trickle down into other areas. It'd be interesting to see actually, you know, like and so, yeah, it's good for Bitcoin. It's good for Bitcoin companies and it's good for just general awareness and stuff like that. It'll be interesting to see off the back of this what, you know, in, in 2017, it was the ICO craze. Right. Once people see that there's huge money in this. Yes, it's good for Bitcoin. But what else will it attract to this space? Like what's going to be the ICO of the 2021 bull run, it'll be interesting to see what takes that mantle, if anything different, or if it's just the same all over again. But yeah, good pros and cons. But this is for The course It's to be expected. And, um, you know, I just keep uh, buying and hodling Bitcoin. And that's from from the from the companies that uh, I think are doing it the the correct way in the space and all the other attention is great and it also Adam gives us an opportunity as people to create content in the space Be- those more eyeballs you know rising tide lifts all boats to some degree and hopefully we can uh, you know appeal to some of those people and get them uh, looking at it or offering a different perspective on on how to think about and engage with Bitcoin.
0: Well, you ask what's the next ICO, uh, it'll be DeFi and uh, Coinbase will allow people to to DeFi over there, get interest. Who knows? It'll be a Bitcoin bank that people will be encouraged to leave their Bitcoin there, which, of course, we're against. But hey, they're going to get massive funds to do it. Compete, don't complain. There will be Bitcoin banks. They will be heavily regulated. Coinbase will be one of them. Speaking of regulation, everyone, we will talk about the rumored regulation of the wallets coming up in this show. We're going to have to talk about it. I don't want to scare anyone about it. Okay, let's 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 go to Dennis here. Dennis, what do you think about the the Coinbase situation and the the IPO uh, that'll probably come in uh, early 2021?
2: I think it's they timed it pretty well based on what happened with the all time high. So <laughs> I think they're taking advantage of the situation as Brian usually does, which is which is fine. Like I don't I don't necessarily hate him or like him. He's just like yeah, he's out there to get as much money as possible out of this market, which is, which is fine. Dude,
0: Dennis laying down the calm explanation. I love that we went to me screaming to Dennis, like, "Yeah, man. <laughs> no, 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 indeed, very good point. Short but sweet, baby. That's the way we like it." Anders, what's right. your take?
3: Um, overall, I think uh, a Coinbase IPO, which is going to get um, a ton of uh, noise and publicity, is just great PR uh for bitcoin unfortunately you know some people will will go there open an account and um and uh and end up buying uh you know dirt coins uh, which is a sad and a shame and they will be scammed by uh Conbase to you know appreciate those assets although they should not be appreciated but overall it's going to give a huge hype uh to the space and um and uh, for that reason i think it's uh it's positive for. For Bitcoin, uh, you know, again, as John, this is not like we, we can easily do without Coinbase, but uh, hey, it's going to be publicity, and that's great. I'd rather have that than something else. What I will say is uh, to Coinbase, yeah, get it done on, uh, you know, before exchanges become irrelevant. Because once uh, the, the, the fiat currencies collapse and become irrelevant and don't exist anymore. Um, then then how are the exchanges going to make money because you don't need to unload dirty bags to buy real good quality money so they need to sell their business model while it's still relevant uh, because 10 years from now I really don't think that um, anyone including United States government wants to accept uh, their own currency uh, because it's not going to be worth um, much it doesn't have a future in my opinion so sell the exchange while people still value it and the only way they can make money going forward is by being a bank as you're talking about there'll be an in, there'll be an income there but you don't make as much income on that as you do by charging i don't know what they charge three four percent for for all the dirty fiat coming in being uh, converted to a solid valuable bitcoin
0: well yeah, yeah they it all the money they will raise I think they'll be able to pivot to sell a different uh, business model, and yeah, it would be a, a Bitcoin bank is the first one that comes to both our minds, uh, right there. There are also people talking exchange tokens. I don't, I don't know anything about exchange tokens, but apparently they'll they'll be able to print their own money. Uh, there's there's a, there's a lot of a, a lot of different ways they can go if uh, if the uh, scenery changes. So let's let's talk about the. Uh, and by the way, I like what Dennis said. Uh, good timing on Coinbase's part. <laughs> they knew it was going to go to twenty thousand this week, didn't they? No, I, I don't know. Uh, but it it, it 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 did it did look real nice. It, it looked real nice. They can they can claim that they did. But yeah, let, let's talk about the the changing uh, scenery and uh, what actually helps change the scenery out there. And, and unfortunately, it's uh, government regulation. Uh, and the rumor is the U.S. Treasury is about to impose new restrictions on money service businesses that interact with self-hosted crypto wallets, as pointed out by Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong. There we go. He's all over the place. and reported by the block. It's anticipated that the new rule will request uh, MBSs to file currency transaction reports when a client conducts a crypto related transaction above a yet to be a confirmed threshold. The rule might be similar to the current reporting transactions, well established in the traditional financial world. So it hasn't come. as the, the rumors were a little bit, uh, I, I, they were a little bit different last week or during Thanksgiving weekend. Now it seems like okay. What what the rumor is? You've you've got your uh, your Bitcoin and you want to uh, sell it on Coinbase, you send it in or, and uh, they just report it to the government that, hey, Adam sent in $5,000 worth of Bitcoin. This is his address. We, we are sure this is his private address. And it's just that it, 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 they're, they're helping the government create a big database of uh, all of your cryptocurrency information and how much you're sending back and forth. And that they're lending, that they're giving to that. Now there are ways of avoiding that, obviously. But let's like, let's hit on on the regulation itself. So, Anders, what, what do you think about the latest rumor?
3: Um, I, I think that it is a clear example about how government is government for government and not government for the people. Um, and uh, and clearly, we you know there shouldn't be a need for government uh, to know. Uh, what you necessarily hold of of savings, it, I don't think that's none of their business. Uh, of course, they need to know what they need to know. Um, you know, to to. Uh... Oh
0: wait. Did uh? Is Andrew's frozen for you guys?
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, you froze. Okay, Andrew's come back. Um
3: yeah so as soon as i'm done with this rant i'll go open the door to the wi-fi maybe that uh, that that shouldn't be closed um so overall um i I think it's government for the government not government for the people um it's none of their business what you know you have a savings i understand they need to uh tax whatever they need to tax i'm I'm not pro that but um, of course they need to know transactions but i don't see any reason why they should know what people hold uh, as savings, it's uh, they become a target then for all different kinds of, um, you know, even criminal activities, because we all know that uh, centralized authorities cannot keep um, information, uh, uh, you know, um, private, you know, one huge entity after another is hacked and out comes the information. I don't want anyone to know, you know, um, that I almost have one Bitcoin. I, I don't want anyone to make me a target.
0: Uh, indeed. Now, will this uh, create, uh, I mean, this is going to create a lot of paperwork for these dudes. And uh, we don't know what the limit, well, first of all, we still don't know if it's going to happen yet. It's still a rumor. The administrations are still going to, just a change in administration. So this is the, the Treasury Department under the current administration. Perhaps the next one will be different. Perhaps there's already an agreement to the transaction. I mean, you would think both parties want to keep track of, of everyone at this point, sadly.
2: Um
0: But uh, Dennis, what what is your take on on, on the rumors here?
2: Yeah, I mean, even if they do come to fruition, it's sort of like, well, if enough enough politicians at some point own enough Bitcoin, they're probably gonna get rid of it. So I figure in the long-term it's going to be a non-issue. Short-term, yeah, I can totally see people getting incentivized not to take their crypto or Bitcoin off of exchanges. But I think it, it probably will happen in a place like New York just because just I know how things are around here. <laughs> it will definitely happen in New York at some point. But I mean, there are people who are going to take advantage and be up for making money off of that situation. So let's say someone doesn't want to take it off themselves. There will be people out there who do want to take advantage of that and charge them fees to... Like, all right, I can figure out how to get your Bitcoin uh, non-KYC'd at some point. So I could, there could be like short-term opportunity there if it does get passed.
0: Yeah, I also want to say we don't know what the cutoff number is. Like, hey, mm-hmm. uh, if I've got $4,000 on Coinbase and you're just sending it, to, you're not selling it, you're not, you, you're just sending it to your own, your, your Trezor. The, the United States government is going to—they're going to have to report it to the United States government now. Now, I always thought that they were probably reporting it to the government anyway. That, that's another mm-hmm. point I wanted to make. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I thought, you know, if I'm buying from Coinbase, they're probably telling the government. I mean, they got your Social Security number; it's pretty easy to track. Now, it, it's going to become part of the law, though, that they, every every transaction from your uh, Coinbase wallet off of your Coinbase wallet uh, will be sent to the government above a certain number. So uh, so for all of the, you scared about that, uh, worried about that, uh, get it all off now. <laughs> don't, don't have it now. If, if you're keeping it on the exchange, you get it off now. Maybe they won't report it. I, I bet they are reporting it anyway. Uh, John, what what's your take on all these rumors? Uh, well, I echo
1: a lot of the stuff that's already been said. One, like I have always considered that anytime I use a KYC exchange, that everything I do is knowable by, you know, government, let's say, like, I've never thought I was under any veil of secrecy doing so. So to me, like, as much as and, and I also always expected, you know, in the in the kind of plan for the worst hope for the best scenario that the government overreach uh, and would, would continue to accelerate and get worse and worse. So like, to me, this if this goes through, um, it's not a surprise, nor does it change much in terms of how I engage with Bitcoin because, you know, now because if, if, if I was going through KYC exchanges, I assume that was known and it in my longer term idea of how we navigate this transition, um, you know, go, increasing government enforcement and, and uh, privacy infringements and stuff like that were always a part of it. Now, hopefully, you know, for some, maybe, it incentivizes them to look for alternatives and maybe we get more liquidity in things like BISC and, and whatever else and and uh, solutions to to these things emerge in tandem with the the legislation that's being brought to try to restrict this this industry. And so we get more restrictions, we get more solutions, we get more restrictions, we get more solutions. And it's kind of like a scaffold that's put around this until one day we can take it down and we find that everyone's engaging in Bitcoin in a highly private, highly, you know, secure, highly anti-KYC sort of way. And the transition of, of that final breakaway from the form, formal system is is much easier than it otherwise would be. But, you know, I I think I don't think any of us ever anticipated that as, as much as we've seen a lot of tailwinds recently and there's politicians supporting this now and the institutions are coming and yada, 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 government's going to want to have some semblance of control on this or at least attempt to establish it. And uh, you know, it's our job to use the technology to the extent possible to mitigate the degree to which that attempt impinges on our, our freedoms and our own control over our own asset here. And uh, you know, so for me, it's, it's pretty much par for the course. Uh, and maybe it's a wake up call to some people, but uh, you know, not, not, not a huge event for me.
0: All right, pound that like button everybody, hey, Anders, you were you having technical difficulties, you're back. Uh, do you have anything more to say about the uh, r- regulations?
3: Um, I, n- not, r- not really. Uh, I don't know if you guys could hear what I said, but um, yeah, we, you know, I, I think, oh yeah, one last thing, there, there's going to be judicial uh, arbitrage. I, I have seen it already with friends in the, in, in the Bitcoin space um america's regulation i see how it is uh moving uh people will with wealth out of the country due to regulations that they just don't like and i'm not just talking the bitcoin space i'm talking everything um so yeah i i you know um hopefully it doesn't get too bad uh but uh bitcoin doesn't care it's a honey badger um and um if, if you don't make it a good place to be with bitcoin people will leave uh and uh, and that's not good for America. But I think you know I have great hopes for this nation. I think that once uh, we have sound money in the United States, so you can remove that you know insane level of corruption and money dilution, and then um, then then US is going to be a great nation like once it, it was. Uh, I think I see uh, great potential, and uh, um, and I'll look forward to that on the behalf of US.
0: Yeah. So this could. Uh this could wreck some innovation here if it, if it if the regulations do involve a lot of paperwork it's only going to be uh, bigger companies that are going to be able to deal uh in this aspect of bitcoin and thus uh, smaller companies who might have gotten in and might have been innovative will just they will never exist so that's uh your, your jurisdictional arbitrage whatever you want to call it yeah the, the co- smaller companies won't to come to the united states they'll, uh, they'll go somewhere else where they won't have to deal with uh such regulations unfortunately there are, i mean there are plenty of companies uh, countries i mean the netherlands it's worse what they what's proposed over there uh but uh, like uh, john said for me personally this doesn't really affect my you know how i deal with bitcoin and, and stuff i mean i don't i don't need to go through these uh uh traditional uh, rails that that so many people do uh i mean i, I already bought my bitcoin and uh if I need to buy more Bitcoin, then perhaps if things get crazy with the KYC thing, you know, you just go to a a, a Bitcoin meetup and yet you, you hand somebody some cash. I mean, there's 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 always ways around this. Uh, but and, and like and also what John said, and I can't stress this enough. Um, I mean, I, I I thought Coinbase was already keeping track of every single transaction that we made through them, even if we, just, you know, I never sold at Coinbase before, but I bought at Coinbase before, and I thought they told the government, you know. Adam Meister bought this much and he sent it to this address. And, uh, I, I just assumed that. So now it's, it's, it's just official party line. All right. So don't worry, people. You know, uh, it seems like this, you know, when this rumor first came out during Thanksgiving, there was more panic. Uh, now, well, first of all, not not everyone has covered the rumor today. It's just a few uh, a few different uh, uh, places right now. But I'm sure it could explode at any moment if uh, the government makes an announcement. So have a strong hand, people. Have a strong hand. Sometimes people sell the news. All right, let's talk about, uh, are the institutions here? John made a reference to that beforehand. Uh, Bitwise made a big announcement that they have this, uh, you can sort. You can pretend you own Bitcoin through uh, Bitwise now, and it, it is sort of like GBTC. Then we had the announcement, uh, Ruffer confirms a 744 billion dollars uh, a $744 million uh, Bitcoin investment. So uh, are we on the verge of institutional FOMO? What, what, what's up with that? Uh, we'll start with Dennis on this.
2: Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's coming out that a lot of these companies were buying back in 2014, and they are buying during the whole bear market of 2018. So I think it's already here. I, you mentioned it in, I think, one of your other episodes that the we're not necessarily early anymore. And I agree with that 100%. I think uh, it's becoming more and more known. I mean, it's kind of hard to find a person who doesn't know about Bitcoin by now. And, but they're not paying attention to all the institutions that are coming through. So there's gonna be a delay in that with the new coiners.
0: You know, it's still, it is not the like 2% early part of the curve anymore. We're like in the 11%. Now there's that that chart because yesterday I wasn't going to talk about this but you know when you've got some rapper lady shaking her booty on Twitter talking about Bitcoin you're not early anymore all right mm-hmm. it's i mean it was like we're flapping around every part of the body was flapping around that's it's not early anymore when that's happening in the bitcoin for those of you who value your wealth in that now let's uh, <laughs> so so uh, I would hear uh, your your take on this john the not not the booty flapping but the uh i mean are the the instant i mean we we got uh these dudes roofer or rougher they supposedly they got rid of their gold to to do this i mean it's a little bit more complex than that so what what is your take on the uh the pump i mean the bitcoin price went up a lot is is this it's all institutions now are we in corporate bitcoin domain now I, I think there's a few
1: things at play um, and just a comment on the booty flapping. It's, you know, and I, I talked to Croesus about this before because he's done some, some good models on this. And I think it's important to understand like there's different types of adoption, like the mainstream pop culture adoption that's happening now, I would say is still largely in the like Bitcoin will make you rich sort of thing, right? So they're not, we're not sharing much of a narrative with those people. It's cool. It's new money. It's like. So, that, that's, I think, a consideration. So, th- I don't think those, those hands are necessarily strong hands. They're not huddle hands. They're, you know, fly by night sort of stuff. But um, look, I think the fact that it's broken its new all time highs means that the tulip argument is gone. You know, you, you just can't, once something reemerges and, and exceeds its old all time high, you, you, you can't so easily call it a bubble anymore. And no serious person would accept, you know, that characterization. Uh, from what I hear from retail exchanges, even though I know you know the Google Trends stuff is not showing a lot of retail FOMO and maybe it's not getting as much media press as it did in 17, I know all the exchange people that I know um, are saying that they're seeing record signups, record transaction volumes, all that kind of stuff. But to your point, I do think the thrust of this is probably institutional uh, money coming in. Like we know the obvious, you know, sailor kind of, kicked that thing off, even though, of course, there were some before him, but he was a a very public uh, person who did it in a in a in a very public way. And I think that that narrative of how it can be used as a treasury asset and the narrative of, let's say, digital gold and the narrative of inflation hedge and the expanding narrative of what this thing really is, that us maximalists, you know, uh, continue to, to try to refine and understand ourselves. I think that's starting to percolate through and right now we're seeing the very, very, very early adopters on an institutional level. And so those people are, and when they come in, as you said, you know, they come in with 500 million, a billion plus. And in a market that's as tight as this one, that, that can easily uh, move things. And again, I think this is where a lot of our you know, bullish price predictions come from is because that's peanuts, both in terms of you know the number of institutions that have come in and the scale at which they've done so. When we have institutions coming in in the multiple billions, potentially tens of billions, um, there's just there's just not enough of this stuff around for them to scoop up at at for prices to remain the same. You know, and that, that's going to put a lot of upward price pressure on on Bitcoin. But yeah, I think this is the the very beginning of institutions starting to get it, see the value prop and making uh, allocations. And to them, you know, we also have to consider, you know, every time Bitcoin crashes up, you know, reaches a new all time high, you know, we celebrate and then we're like, oh, Bitcoin's kind of expensive. Now, I know we're not stopping stacking, but we're still like, wow. But these institutions that are getting in now with their half a billion billion dollars they're scooping all this up. They're not looking at 25,000, 30,000 saying, gee, this is expensive. They're saying, we got to get as much of this as possible while we can. You know, and we've all heard sailors references to going to bed feeling, you know, with anxiety, feeling chronically short. And I think they'll feel that way, you know, all the way up to 100K and beyond. So the, and that's the thing about Bitcoin that's so crazy. It's like the value prop of Bitcoin, what it represents vis-a-vis and in contrast to every other option that's available to deploy your capital into, what is the ceiling of what uh, of value for something like that? It's way beyond 100K, obviously. And I think institutions are, be, are, are, when they try to place their valuation frameworks on it, they're coming back and saying like, well, we can't use any of our traditional models but what this represents compared to everything else that we have available as an option is, you know, priceless. Or, you know, of course they have to put something on it to, to communicate these things, but I think they'll be buying all the way up. And and may, it'll probably get peaks and troughs as, as most bull markets have, but uh, I think there's going to be a sustained demand from institutions from this and increasing as we move forward. 2021 is probably going to be a huge year for institutional
0: uh, buying. You what what's the ceiling here? And what what's the way they're evaluating it? I uh, I think it's the I think it's 400,000 uh, based on the gold number. Uh, the the CIO of uh, Guggenheim uh, basically he he brought up the 400,000 uh, bitcoin number and that's basically taking into account uh, the the market cap of gold and that bitcoin is the uh, is gold 2.0. So we, we let, let's pretend that most of these institutional guys have that in mind. That's the way they're calculating this. Of course they're going to think $22,000 is really cheap compared to $400,000 or 300000 So it's, it's full steam ahead for those dudes it, it, What it appears, it appears to be. Now, you say that you know people in the, uh, the retail side that say that the retail numbers are increasing. And they can increase. But those people might just be buying $100 a pop or something. And that's that's it, it can be so it can be eclipsed so uh, unbelievably fast by a, a big uh, institutional whale coming in there. It makes oh. it look like peanuts, you know, like a thousand people bought a hundred dollars worth of it, but then a uh, seller comes and buys millions and millions of it, and it just the retail stuff is now uh, pushed to the side. So retail people don't be left behind, dudes. These dudes are they are pumping up the price now. Uh, so. Th- Again, why is why is you know all, all these uh, publications are trying to say uh, why did the Bitcoin price go up so much uh, lately? It's because of these darn institutions. I I go back to Michael Saylor in August on August 11th, my show. I said that was the biggest news of the year. The biggest news of the year was Michael Saylor, uh, MicroStrategy making the announcement that they were putting it in their uh, Treasury, and uh, net, and then it, it made it cool or it made it acceptable for all the other companies to admit it and, and try to do it or to think about it so enough of my rant uh anders your take on all-time high and uh institutions and everything we've been talking about
3: yeah uh so i i uh, happen to think that uh 2020 has been a phenomenal year um in in, in many ways you got to stay optimistic and look at the positive i think first of all uh, of all uh you know the amount of stimulus the government ar- governments around the world have chosen to do have just uh, really helped Bitcoin um, spur on uh, its, uh, its growth. Um, and, and one of the things I love the most about uh, 2020 is what you, you guys already mentioned uh, also, John, um, is Michael Saylor coming in and using Bitcoin in a company the way that Bitcoin is meant to be used as a store of value, um, as one of the very important aspects uh, of our money. Um, great to hit the old uh, all-time high um, of, of 20k. Uh, I, I, so you know, even though I have rationally been saying that this you know more or less was gonna happen for at least two and a half years, uh, then being here now at 23,000, I'm pinching myself and realizing that this whole parabolic curve that I have been talking about and many others and the guys in the chat, um, it's it, it's actually happening. So, uh, but I think, um, yeah, in terms of where we can go in this uh, in this bull run uh, before the next halving cycle, I would say that four hundred thousand is looking increasingly realistic as a as a top. But also, I will say, and this makes me lose a bet to uh, uh, Poppy, uh, Pablo and Greg, who are both in the chat, um, that there is an increasing chance that uh, we won't have. A real bear market anymore because the speed at which Bitcoin's price is is exploding, which is ahead of schedule actually, and it is because fiat is, is dying much faster. Um, so there's a real uh, risk of of risk of this going uh, parabolic even in this cycle and uh, and taking over as money of the world because money is a winner takes all go- game. Um, so so um, so there and Bitcoin already won. Like Michael Saylor said, he got it totally right there. Uh, but let's be realistic; there is a ceiling. Of course, there is a ceiling for Bitcoin. You know, even at the end of this decade, and that ceiling is infinity.
0: <laughs> <laughs> pal that like button. Hey, I want to remind everyone: I, I, have, people always ask me to make predictions. I'm not making the four hundred thousand dollar prediction. I'm just saying what Guggenheim, the Guggenheim guy, said, and the logic behind it. And uh, there, there has to be some calculation these uh, dudes are making, and it, it seems logical to me if it, they, they're using the gold uh, 2.0 uh, calculation. Dennis, do you have anything uh, uh, more more to say about this? Were you uh, uh, lighting fireworks uh, on uh, the, the day that we got over $20,000? <laughs> uh,
2: not really, I mean, it was, I'm pretty much expecting what's happening, uh, just like the previous cycles. Not, not that it's gonna be the exact same, it's gonna rhyme, but I think, I think what people need to keep in mind is that if this is going to be the gold replacement, it's at least 2x. So that's pretty much like, that's the number I tell people if they're like, oh, the price is too high. It's too expensive. Well, it's if it's going to be better than gold, then it's at least 2x better. And I think Sailor agrees that it's like, um, he said a million, but that's that's super bullish. <laughs>
0: And uh, I want to go back. uh, And we should all be bullish. We should all be happy. But I, it's something that I want to point out that Andrew said there might not be a bear market again. Uh, I, I I would not. uh, I wouldn't get on that train of thought just yet because uh, Mm -hmm. you know we're we're real happy, and I think it's gonna. We we over. I think it's every time during the bull market it it overshoots. Like twenty thousand was too high last time. Maybe this time I don't want to say a number. Or some huge number will be too high, and then in 2022 it'll go. Whoa! I mean, we we gotta we gotta be ready for like uh, days where it drops ten thousand dollars, days where it drops twenty thousand dollars and stuff. So I I don't want I don't want to say there'll never be a a, a bear market again. And uh,
3: I, I'll I don't,
0: I don't know if you uh, Andres if you have anything more to say about that. I don't want to put words in your mouth.
3: Um. In in terms of. Uh... Yeah, I just, if you had
0: any clarification on your bear market
2: uh, prediction. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: So, yeah, yeah, let me go into that for that, because honestly, that's what I spend hours every single day uh, trying to analyze the price and, uh, you know, Mike's, the anatomy of the bull run, as I call it, which I find extremely interesting. Um, So uh, what is worth noting is that um, because, in my opinion, stock-to-flow has been accelerating slower than previously. Because it was going up faster, it's not only the having every single block the inflation rate goes down. So if you look at those numbers, you'll you'll see that. But to get to my um, to my point, uh, the bull runs have been getting longer for that reason, and um, the price anticipation of the having that that uh, start in the increase of the price that has started earlier and earlier so the last bear market was 12 months and it kind of if that is to continue and i don't see why it wouldn't um that bear market can't take more than six months in my opinion or close to it but honestly again because of COVID stimulus um the the you know incredibly fast dilution of the currency the way they're killing um the the fiat currency currently around the world um that there's a real chance it won't be a four, four uh, sorry, a six months bear market, but maybe just a three months correction, you know, we might not go to 50% um, a correction, we might not go to 40%. That's going to cost me two steak dinners with uh, Pablo and, and Greg in the in the chat. Uh, but this might be just like a 30% correction, a little bit of downtime, some weak hands getting rid of the Bitcoin handing it over to smart people, strong hands and, um, and then off to the infinity race.
0: All right. I want to say in the chat, Charlton said, thanks for the show, Adam Strong hand, Indeed. Indeed. John, any more thoughts on, uh, <laughs> bull markets, bear markets, what's been going on a huge price. I mean, I, it, I think a lot of people were surprised that it, it got to 20 before the end of the year. And then it just got to 23 on the same day, 21, 22, 23. Some people predicted it, but, uh, John, any, any general price, uh, talk you want to mention? Um, uh- Not price talk. I mean,
1: like everyone, I think think this could happen faster than even we expect. You know, I oscillate between thinking that and thinking it's going to take uh, longer. I still think there'll be bear markets, though the length and depth may be uh, shorter, but nothing grows in a vacuum. Everything consolidates before it moves to another level of growth. You know, you see that all throughout nature. Uh, The thing I'm most excited about is the unlock that this bull market is going to have for you know, a a much larger cohort of Bitcoiners than last time, you know, because the people that have, that have held for the last three plus years, let's say, um, and the nature of the attention on this and the nature of, of the macro landscape behind it. And we've seen this just for being 3k over the last all time high, like uh, just the attitude from Bitcoiners, like, I I think we're going to see a lot of Bitcoiners stepping out uh, in this run and, you know, doing things on their own, leaving their Fiat job to try to contribute in, in some way. And I, I can't wait to see the blossoming of, of all these Bitcoiners going out and having the the uh, financial stability to actually start you know, expressing who they really are in the world and what they really wanna be building and contributing. And that's gonna feed into the accelerant that all the other accelerants that we've already articulated and, and it's, that's so. That's the most exciting thing for me.
2: Yeah,
0: indeed. There's there's excitement all around, and uh, I love what Andrew said. I don't know if Anders even knows. I say the same thing that Andrew says. This has been a great year, and uh, I if people you need a mentor, you find out someone who says this has been a great year. And Andrew's is he just said it on his own there, right? Right there. So it has been a great year. And by the way, I, I I'm joking about the, the booty shaking on Twitter. I, I think it is awesome that uh, anyone can find out about Bitcoin. There are no excuses. You, the people shaking their booties, they can get in before freaking Wells Fargo does. That is there, – there's there's nothing holding people back uh, from, from getting in on this. So er, everyone is welcome in this space and no one can be banned from this space either, which is, which is really cool. You might not like booty shaking, but you can't stop it from being here, baby. Um, all right. So talking about – banning <laughs> unfortunately uh you know we're we're gonna go to politics here real quick ross Al, albrecht there the are rumors all of a sudden um that the president might pardon him that they at least uh, caught his uh, ear uh about this now uh you know the president he lost uh and uh there's gonna be a new president so you think that he you know he Pardon as many people as he wants. I mean, he's go wild on the pardons more so than he would uh, uh, any other time. Uh, do you any of you th- have any uh, thoughts on, on Ross Albrecht and uh, the, the possible uh, pardoning situation or a- a- are any of the people that have been mentioned now? They're mentioning uh, who are remotely uh, associated uh, with Bitcoin. Uh, Julian Assange uh He's uh, associated with Bitcoin because, uh, you know, he, he WikiLeaks had to use it. and Now he might. The rumors are that he might get pardoned. Uh, anyone, uh, any any takes on that uh, from the panel? I know that's uh, that wasn't a planned question, but I just thought about it.
1: I mean, I'd I'd love to see it. Obviously, Assange, Snowden, Ross. I mean, that would be amazing. Um, I think Assange and Snowden have a better shot because they're way more public figures than Ross is. I to me, Trump. Uh, pardoning Ross much as I'd like to see it would would be surprising because Trump is pretty anti-drug and that's kind of what Ross is associated with with the, the Silk Road um, Assange and Snowden it'd be maybe a bit of more of a middle finger to the establishment on his way out sort of thing and and they're very public um, uh, people but I mean wouldn't that be amazing if if he did that you know on the way out the three of those guys and, and possibly more people deserving of a pardon, we're pardoned. And, um, you know, I think that would endear a lot of people to Trump uh, on his way out, but, uh, so hopefully we shall see.
0: I I think uh, there's a part of me thinks it's, it's more likely for him to do the Ross because he might just, no one, most people don't know who he is. So you could just kind of slip it in there and it would only be, it would only be Bitcoin people uh, celebrating and, uh, they 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 focus on some other uh, person that that he let that he let go that he that he pardoned and they would try to say it was a bribe or it was associated with his hotels or something and the Ross thing could just slip in but you make a good point he is uh, he's associated with drugs and uh, he's kind of has a line in the sand uh, with with drugs but he has let. Uh, uh, he had that criminal reform before prison reform where a lot of guys that got out uh, i think were associated with drugs do do any of you guys have anything to say about that free ross uh, that's all that, that's all you got to say all right uh yeah uh,
2: president uh, trump if you're listening just free him all right <laughs> uh, all right very 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 interesting well the, the bitcoiners
0: will be, be be happy about uh about that one we'll we'll see how that uh progresses one some other news that was beyond a little bit beyond bitcoin this week but it still it just shows you how big the cryptocurrency space has become they're going to be uh ethereum futures now uh, that, that that was announced um so i don't know does do, do any of you have a uh, I, I know we don't we've got some pretty hardcore bitcoin guys here but it was it was news and it got overshadowed because it, it happened on the day of the all-time high But uh, do do any of the the panel members have uh, thoughts on the the, the Ethereum futures being uh, announced? All
2: right. (laughs) I'll say something. Okay. So, So when, I guess when the futures came out for Bitcoin. Yes. That's when that pretty much that triggered the bear market. So that's probably what everyone is expecting for Ethereum at that point, but I'd like to see it not affect Bitcoin when that happens.
0: I don't, I, yeah i i doubt it affects bitcoin i uh we'll, well we'll we'll see about that what happens But good good luck to the ethereum people and uh and good luck to all the screamers about manipulation if this futures it's been you know, that, that was a big thing with the bitcoin futures that uh, the the entities mysterious entities were going to be able to manipulate bitcoin and uh look mm-hmm. guys with patience bitcoin is at, at, at a new all-time high so uh they couldn't People were saying we'll never get back to 20,000 because of the Bitcoin futures. And I, I don't know what the whole logic was, but the quote unquote logic was uh, b- behind that. All right. So we've uh, I think we've covered uh, 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 mostly everything. Oh, yeah. Everybody remember TikTok, Coinbeast. Dennis It does Coinbeast stuff, too. Dennis uh, writes for Coinbeast. I'm I'm doing TikToks for CoinBeast. So that is linked to below. Watch that stuff. I'm in motion. It's a golden age, dude. There's so many opportunities out there. And uh, you know, Dennis was just a a regular uh, Bitcoin dude on social media. He got in motion. He, he saw the opportunities out there that I talked about on my show that you can, you know, you can work from home for some of these companies. Uh, part time and he, he jumped on it. So, hey, do you have any anything to say about that that Dennis uh, about the golden age and the opportunities that are out there for for regular people?
2: Yeah, I feel like not enough people are taking them. Yeah, I mean, you said you said I was the only one who contacted you about it. That's kind of a red flag for me in general like with I think the state of things uh for a lot of people. But Yeah, like you and Under said, this is probably one of the best years for not only Bitcoin, but myself and a lot of other people. I've, a lot of great things have happened.
0: People don't have the confidence in themselves. You know, when an opportunity comes up there to jump on it, I think most people, their default is like, I'm not good enough. Or it's too good to be true. Dude, they're... This space is growing. There is so there are opportunities all the time. You could be pure Bitcoin. You could be definitely altcoins or whatever. There's there's all, all sorts of great opportunities out there. So that, you know, this is the second to last show of the year, I guess. Next week is the 25th. Um, so I, I guess I should have a, ask the guys uh, what, what was what was the biggest story for you guys this year or uh, year year uh c- conclusional remarks for the year on on your part uh anders
3: giga chat sailor that's the biggest story <laughs> I, I agree with that one i think you with the giga
1: chat news but i still keep coming back to uh this that it's it's bitcoiners that's that's maybe that's always going to be the story but uh, as dennis was just saying like you know a lot of people have come into the space this year a lot of, of people that were in the space have grown a lot this year and have improved their situation and have refined their lives and, you know, and, and creating great stuff, whether it's content or businesses or whatever. And so the thing that gets me the most jest, I mean, I love the price. I love giga Chad coming in, but um, it's, you know, just to see uh, what Bitcoiners are becoming and, and what they're creating just genuinely makes me the most excited of anything
0: okay uh dennis your 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 uh conclusion uh, remarks for the year <laughs>
2: your takeaways on the year i think the best part is working from home so much time is saved i if this is this is probably the one of the few opportunities the millennials and zoomers have the opportunity to like just get back at the older generations if you're gonna do the whole generation thing uh for the longest time a lot of corporations have been very strict on getting people to come to the office and do their work but you can do it all at home so i'm glad their hand was forced because of that
0: yeah if people are finally uh, understanding like the power of the internet that you don't need to go to a physical office that 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 was a positive right there, and for all you people starting your uh, the Bitcoin businesses out there, you don't need you don't need to be located in San Francisco. I think that's pretty freaking obvious at this point now, after uh, what we've gone through this year. So uh, it's uh, it's 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 been an, it's been an adventure of a year, and it's been great for Bitcoin. And it, Bitcoin's definitely given us a present here at the end by by ending on such a positive note. So speaking about ending on a positive note, we're at the we're at the end of the show here, and. Uh, I'm going to let everybody, uh, you know, talk about what they're doing or mention some news that I didn't uh, bring up this week. I feels like I'm, I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting something here. Like something happened. I don't know if anybody in the crowd has any questions there about news you'd like us to talk about. But we'll we'll start with Anders. What what, what are you up to? And any news you wanted to talk about that I didn't bring up?
3: Yes, uh, Adam. I just want to say uh, once again, thank you so very much uh, to be on your show. I'm happy. I'm honored. Uh, Thanks, John and Dennis, for hanging out. Um, you're great, guys. Uh, and, um, and and then I want to share a little story, uh, Adam. Um, I was on your show about two years ago, and then this guy, um, uh, Pop Poplord or as he calls him now, Guy Gaidy Bennett is his handle on, on Twitter. He reached out to me after I'd been on your show. We just clicked. For two years, we've been talking Bitcoin every single week for hours, and then we decided to put it uh, online and make our little uh, show on my YouTube uh, called the Toxicapia, where we're just having a poll We had John on recently; uh, it was a lot of fun. So um, that, that's what I'm up to, and 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 thanks uh, also on um, on eToro uh, that sell a lot of different you know dirt coins, as I call them uh, when I'm being nice. Um, I uh, I now, so as a, as a so-called popular investor on Eitor, you compete against each other. Whoever gets the best performance, get more people allocate their savings to you. So their copy of you does what you do in real time. And so I'm up against all these other, you know, cryptocurrency portfolios. I am 100% hodling just Bitcoin, and that is outperforming every single other uh, portfolio in there. So my 100% HODL strategy is bringing it home because I now have more than half of all the assets under management um, are with me, and they're all on Bitcoin. Um, so right now it's 2.8 million uh, US dollars, but the other day it grew, like just from yesterday, it grew 300,000. So uh, Bitcoin is helping me out to help them out. And There's a lot of noobs coming in. They go, but what about Ethereum? What about Litecoin? What about ADA? And I'm I'm helping them, you know. I steer the course for them on hundred percent Bitcoin allocation, uh, so they ha- in a better position with their families a couple of years from now. Dude, what an
0: in motion story! You know, just by being on my show, you, you met someone and you came up with you produced. I mean, that's that's what this world is about. I mean, you you created and you were in mo. And that's great that Pub Lord and you uh, got together because of the show. And uh, just uh, I, I want to ask you, you know, speaking about eToro, have you seen the advertisements with like Alec Baldwin in it? I mean, do you-
3: <laughs> yeah, I- I've seen some of that. Uh, honestly, I can't even remember because I don't really look too much at it. What I'm concerned about is, look, there's there's people in different faces of-, of, you know, becoming a a, a-, a list, which I, you know, I'm proud to be toxic towards people that scam. Um, and and some people you got to help them, first of all, steer away uh from dirt coins and uh, uh so etor does different things to bring people in uh to their platform um i don't have um i don't like focus enough on that i just focus on making sure people get their 100% bitcoin allocation and outperform the dirt coins
0: you see that's such a great point you know people are looking for other people to manage their crypto portfolio when it's just as simple as Bitcoin beats everybody's crypto portfolio, you know. People always want to. This is an old saying of mine, but people always want to do something with their Bitcoin. Do nothing with your Bitcoin. Don't turn it into something else. Just let it, let it be there. If you did nothing with your Bitcoin, like I have over all this time, uh, you're in d- darn good shape. It got to an all-time high. The only thing I did is you, you create, you collect the crypto dividends. You create, you collect the forks. And the uh, the airdrops, and uh, you control your own private key that way. Also, you don't you don't let anybody else have your Bitcoin. All right, uh, let's go to uh, John. Your your conclusionary remarks. Any stories that were let off uh, left off? What what are you doing?
1: Uh, no, I think you covered it, man. And as usual, it's a pleasure to be on here and have a chat. And thank you guys for uh, the opportunity and the discussion. And um, yeah, I mean, I I do the podcast. Uh, I've been doing a little bit more. Uh, writing lately which has meant less podcasting but uh, in the new year i think it'll be kicked back up into gear and it's called bitcoin rapid fire for anyone who wants to check it out and uh i'm available on twitter as well and always uh active there with all of you guys so uh yeah i just i love that these things happen i love uh toxic happy hour that just you know popped up recently i love as you said adam the production the people just are so motivated and inspired by this thing. And they feel like, you know, they gotta, they, they, they need to flare it off somehow. They gotta express it somehow. And that's what they're doing in, in everyone's chosen way. And I love to see it. And I think we're going to see a lot more of it in 2021. And may everyone who's doing it, you know, do it the way they want and experience success and all that. So I hope everyone has great Christmas and New Year's and uh, I'm sure we'll connect in the new year.
0: Uh, you're very modest because you interviewed Sailor. You did interview Saylor, didn't you? I did, yeah. Yeah, you didn't mention it. Uh, did you get? Did you have any big takeaways from that? I mean, does he? Uh, I, this is I asked someone else that interviewed him. This uh, interviewed him. Uh, does Saylor care about regulation very much? He he, he seems to be what what, I, what I've gathered is he's cool with it. I mean that that's not his interest in this. This is like a, a this is a store of value, and so the whole. What we were talking about before, United States government regulating it, it's not an issue with him. Did you get that uh, impression? I think he's
1: extremely savvy and smart. And I think he's coming from a vastly different perspective than most of us Bitcoiners. I think freedom has been in many domains established in his life for a long time. I don't think he's ignorant of what Bitcoin truly represents in that domain. I think he's... uh, to a certain extent, playing the game that he needs to play right now. I think he realizes this is a Trojan horse. And um, so I, I'm i not, you know, I know when he tweeted a couple weeks ago, there was a bit, you know, the, the horn had swarmed him a little bit, turned on turned on him. But um, no, I think he's more savvy than that. And, you know, I'd love to discuss it with him the next time we chat, what his true feelings are. But I suspect even then he wouldn't share them all because – I think he knows what this is and, and he's engaging is the way he thinks is most optimal for his situation right now. And you know, that's, that's my feeling on it.
0: He, he's a unique beast. He's looking out for himself. Good for him. Good for him. He, he's not giving in the pressure and yeah, he, people don't put him on a pedestal. He's going to say things you don't like. Okay. You don't go Inquisition on his on his because of it, but a lot of people love to do that. If you say one little thing against a, a certain Bitcoin narrative, you're you're out.
1: It's part of the, part of the charm of the space too. You know, we got to do that just for posterity, just to keep everyone like you know on their toes. I, I
0: I fight again. I I am a unique beast. I am in the Bitcoin overlay. You can send the Inquisition to me. You can't shut me up. Hey, here's a question, real quick, from Marco Esquandolas what's your opinion on Gemini and Coinbase claiming their cold storage is superior to Ledger and Trezor? Are they really making that claim? I, I do know. I, you never allow, you never see a third party does a better job than yourself. Have, have self-confidence in yourself. Okay. That, that, that's my thoughts on the ballet wallet. Uh, my, my thoughts on the ballet wallet, it's, it's something for, for newbies. It's something for newbies. You try it out, you learn from it, and then you move to something else. What, uh what, uh what miss what bobby lee is doing he's an entrepreneur you don't have to buy his freaking ballet wallet um it's it's not hacked it's not it's not some conspiracy or anything like that it's something for 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 newbies and and it's they're supposed to move on from that so do you guys did you guys hear those questions do you have anything to say about that people about uh gemini or coinbase and and uh ballet anything final thoughts there people
2: Get it off the exchange. (laughs) Just get it off. (laughs) Uh, All right. All right. Um,
0: All right. And Dennis, I'm I'm letting you end the show. You have anything, uh, you know, to talk about what you're doing personally?
2: Uh, Nothing crazy. Just uh, working on Coinbeast. It's, I want to thank you guys for this. Uh, John, Anders, you guys are really killing it out there. A lot of in motion people here. (laughs) And thank you, Adam, again, for getting me the, the gig with Coinbeast in the first place. That was, that was awesome.
0: Yeah, man, you're in motion. You jumped on it and coin, may Coinbase grow beast coin. It sounds like Coinbase for we We're saying Coinbeast. It's linked to below people. They're TikTok Coinbeast. They're trying to be like CoinDesk, you know, Cointelegraph, they're working on it. You know, compete, don't complain. We need more media outlets in this space. Uh, I, I just I love the competition. I love how any, anyone can come here. So thank you, panel. Remember, we do this every freaking Friday is This Week in Bitcoin. All you guys are a rock, rock. All you guys are unique beasts. Shabbat shalom. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister. You'll get uh, tomorrow's the uh, Bitcoin noise show here late on Saturday night. Follow me on Twitter at TechBot. Follow all these guys on Twitter. They are all linked to people. Don't link to below. Compete, don't complain. Bye, bye, everyone. Have a great weekend. Shabbat shalom. See ya.
1: See
0: you guys. Uh, Thanks. Bye.
1: So. Bye. Bye, guys. All right.